Thanks for listening to another episode of the Gifted Performance Podcast. If you're listening or watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe, as well as hitting the like button and the notification bell so you never miss a video. If you prefer audio format, search Gifted Performance on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcasting service and subscribe today. Make sure you also rate and review the podcast as that helps us out tremendously. Enjoy the podcast and stay gifted. Howdy, folks. Another episode of the GPP, Gifted Performance Podcast, giving you the knowledge, practical takeaways to improve your own general physical preparedness. We're back for familiar faces, meaning that we're going to answer your questions. So how do we get our questions this week? We didn't pull them from Instagram because Instagram questions are bad questions. They just suck. When I put a Q&A on my story, like the questions that I get are so goddamn horrible. So if you are a follower of mine and you're listening, step it up. Ask some better questions. Something just a little bit more mentally stimulating than why your muscle big. Because that doesn't do anything for anyone. So I pulled my questions from my check-in email. So what is the one piece of health and fitness that still puzzles you to this day? And I got a lot of good questions. Gentlemen, before we get started, before we dive in on question number one, which is a doozy, do you have anything that you wanted to update people with? Any big news? Dom, do you have big news? I'm having a boy. He's having a boy. I'm, I was I was thoroughly team girl, but we'll, we'll accept team I was boy. Too. I was too, but I wasn't disappointed. So Of course not. No, of course not. You know those gender reveal videos when like, like you could tell like, dad's pissed. Like, oh shit, <laughs> I did not get what I wanted. Oh. <laughs> I, did not, I didn't act like that. <laughs> you hit it very well. Um, I think, is, is Gifted fully team boy? Are all of our dads? Oh no, Mike has, Mike has a daughter. Okay, never mind. Nope, nope. I was going to say maybe there's like a Gifted curse that everyone's going to have a boy. All right, uh, Jay, Paul, any any news? Paul, your angle on um, these videos, it might be easier to edit you in the frame if you weren't actually ingesting the camera, if the camera wasn't like six inches down your throat. It's a this, little better. It's a little better. This fucking sit back here. Yeah, hands crossed, sit crisscross applesauce. How do you guys yeah. sit normal distance from your fucking... I just put my camera that way. You guys ever, do you remember the, the kids that like in your middle school that used to like sit crisscross applesauce in their desk? Dude, I can't sit like that. I was going to say, what would happen to your lower limbs if you tried to do that today? I'm thinking like the torn external rotators of the hip. If you can successfully do that as a full grown like male adult, <laughs> you should be fucking ashamed with yourself. I can barely sit down normally. <laughs> I agree. Disgusting. I agree. Even like pulling my leg up, like sitting with my legs crossed is like an absolute labor. Like I'm very, very in pain after that. Dude, Dom, Dom didn't hip, laugh, so I'm just assuming. To do a hurt, a <laughs> Dom, Dom's, can, Dom? Dom's hips can flex and extend. That is the extent of what they can do. They cannot uh, add up. And they I feel like did. Dom didn't laugh at my joke, so I imagine that's how he was just sitting on the toilet. <laughs> 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 saw me. 
They saw me on the toilet. <laughs> All right, let's get into the questions. Our first question comes from Patricia Walker at Trish XX. That is two I's, two S's, two H's, and two X's. Uh, Trish asks, what are some explanations for why I may not be losing weight if I'm following the plan perfectly? So the goal is weight loss. There's a deficit in place. There's some cardio in there as well. Step count is stable. What are some of the most common uh, factors that you see in your own clients that maybe like plateau them off? Things that they may realize they're doing or maybe some things that they may not realize that they're doing that are curtailing their results. Jay, I feel like you got something to say. <clears throat> no, this is just my face. I really don't have any. Oh, no, I'm, well, I'm just kidding. Try fixing it. I could, I could, I, I've been trying for 57 years. Um, but some explanation of why, in, in my experience, it's typically because the person is not following the plan perfectly. It <laughs> is where I go to first. Uh, so let's go ahead and review the plan. And then let's also review the things that you're doing. Um, cause those two things might be completely different and that's not necessarily the client's fault or the athlete's fault. Sometimes it's just a, a misinterpretation of certain things. So that could be a little bit of it. Um, also tracking, I guess this sort of is the same thing. People are pretty bad at tracking sometimes, even if it's like little things. Like I have uh, 26 grams of peanut butter. I'm going to have 32 grams of peanut butter because what's the difference at the end of the day? And if you add that up over the course of the week, now you are no longer in a deficit. And again, you are not following the plan perfectly. So that could be some of it. Um, sometimes often like my fitness pal is just notorious for this. Because my fitness pal is, it's, it's not, I guess you can call it open source, but people just put all sorts of wacky shit in there all the time that just doesn't make sense. So the client will think that I'm following the plan because I'm tracking things appropriately, but a chicken breast uh, that is six ounces is probably not 50 calories or 15 <laughs> grams. Like, so that could be a potential issue as well. Um, those are usually the things that I see the most. Usually it's like a tracking issue of some sort. Paul, you want to talk further on my fitness pal? I feel like that was your soapbox for a couple months there. Paul was a big my fitness pal hater. Yeah, dude, I hate it, man. It's not it's 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 kind of fucking garbage, right? I mean, there's just so many options and so many bad options, dude. Like, uh, yeah, when things don't go right, as much as I hate doing it, like sometimes I'll have to go through their my fitness pal and then it's a nightmare. Um, anything you'd like to add? Um, what are some big things that I've seen? Oh, cooking with oil. Um, where they think they're stir frying and the oil they're cooking in, like if they're making chicken in a pan, they, you know, coat the pan with oil. You know, it's normal, people do that. But if you do it multiple times a day, you're adding a good bit of fat back into your day, enough to probably take you out of a deficit. Um, what else? Especially I've, seen things, I've, I've seen things seasoned pretty, pretty interestingly. Like <laughs> I, had, uh, I had a guy marinating all his chicken in greek yogurt so when he would cook it it had like you know a little sour tang to it or whatever but i didn't know he was doing that so like we got to a point where i was like why aren't you losing weight 
how are you cooking everything? Lay everything out for me. Well, I marinate this and this, and I put Greek yogurt on this. And I was like, oh, this is why we're not losing. Dude, have you had, like, I had a client uh, not too long ago tell me, they're like, yeah, I marinate my chicken in oil. And they're like, I got to, like, keep <laughs> it juicy. Like, that doesn't work. That's not how it, you're just you're just adding calories to it. It's not going to be any juicier. Soak it oh, in sodium. Overeating veggies can be one. Especially like when you're deep into the dieting phase, if you eat enough vegetable. I had to explain this to somebody yesterday. He's like, I'm not a veggie guy. I said, you will be three weeks out when you're starving. So if we can establish you at a consistency with vegetables now, when that time comes, you've had that calorie intake. I I was one during my uh, two, like uh, my last improvement phase. I told Paul that I wasn't tracking my vegetables and he's like, well, you're probably starving. That's why. So we need to up your food. Um, but I didn't realize for so long how many calories can be in vegetables. Like if you eat a good bit all day long and then some more than others, like people think like eggplants, like a easy one to eat, but really it's starchy carrots, peas, peas, especially you see people adding peas to a lot of foods. It's like a direct carb source. <laughs> Corn is another one. Yeah. yeah. So all those, I think, uh, like, I think none of us do it, but like cardio for time, we all, uh, I think we all assign calories, but like, you'll see other programs, coaches, whatever, tell the client do 20 minutes of cardio, you know, Ryan's 20 minutes is different than my 20 minutes. So like their effort level and cardio could be an issue. They might still be following the plan at 20 minutes, but um, their efforts just not enough. Yeah, my 20 minutes is garbage. Tom gave me last week. Tom gave me six rounds, four minutes, had to burn 75 calories in each of those four minutes on 60 seconds of rest. So after 25 or 24 minutes of cardio, I had done like 460 calories. That's how you get them calories up quick. Uh, Were you adapting to it or just recovering? No, I was doing neither. I was suffering. There was no recovery, no adaptation whatsoever. Shout out to Tom. Love you, Tom. I actually think that the calories of cardio, I think that came from you, Jay. Jay, I think you passed that to me. And then I think I passed it to Paul. It was like a gifted STD that was just going around like Jay and I were making out and then Paul and I were making out and then Paul and Dom really hit it off and they had like a spring fling where they were going at it. And that's how these things spread, folks. So when you're assigning cardio in calories, make sure you're using protection. Make sure that I was going to say some stuff that would have like definitely got us thrown off YouTube, but I'm going to cut it right there and I'm going to bring it back to vegetables full circle so on the vegetable side i also see veggies overconsumption of veggies like you said dom um as a huge source of like weight fluctuation for people like they'll eat a ton of veggies and get themselves super backed up and their weight will go up like eight pounds and then they'll call me like the next like two mornings later from the toilet and they're like you're not gonna believe what's happening it's all coming out like, okay please hang up the phone and then they get on the scale after the dump. And they're like, that was a 10 pound dump and I need to move. I can no longer live in this house anymore because I've completely <laughs> soiled my own home. But that's yeah, the, the weight fluctuations there from veggies. 
how about if no one has anything else to add in terms of like an inherence tracking thing, how about from like a feel like you see this more often in women than you do in men from like a hormonal side, if the plan is being followed correctly, what are, what are some of the, the fluctuations that could be going on there that may be fucking with the scale, water retention, things like that? Well, women have a menstrual cycle. What? Wait, hold on. Backtrack. What's that? You see, when a man loves a woman, <laughs> go on. Go on, Dom. So you'll see fluctuation in weight during that time. Um, what else? Uh, I don't know how long they've been dieting. I feel like women, thyroids tend to, just from like anecdotal experience, like downregulate a bit more. So they uh, they might need like changes to their diet more frequently or refeeds more frequently than like a male might. Um, what else? I don't know. Yeah, I uh, think Paul. The uh, like, I mean, we we know that like there there's adaptations that occur with long dieting and especially as you get really lean and calories get low and part of that may relate to the thyroid and such and yeah so i mean that might be a factor some thyroid down regulation among other things like meat going down that are non-hormonal and uh, stuff like that go ahead dom oh here i'm gonna sidetrack real quick the number one thing is sleep I've seen so many dieting phases get ruined because of inconsistency in sleep. So, like, I've had people prep one year, have a good schedule, sleep goes well. Next year, they're a new job or whatever, they don't sleep as much. It's a lot harder to lose weight. It's a lot harder for them to see progression. So, because because we're back, this whole thing's about following the plan to the T. If they're following the plan to the T. We're not exactly telling them like when to go to bed so like that's a big part too that they just might be lacking sleep and like optimal recovery yeah see, the thing is you don't tell your clients to go when they should go to sleep because you're a cookie cutter coach dom i have nighttime i have bedtime calls with every single one of my clients i call each and every one of them and i sing them a bedtime song and i put them to bed at their respective bedtime so Hey, don't oh, you don't put that on your clients like it's their fault. Like maybe reflect inwardly and say, what more can I do? And it could be bedtime stories. You know what? You're right. I'm going to start assigning bedtimes. Yep. I love I'm, it. Actually, I'm writing that down right now. <laughs> bedtimes. Put it on the meal plan. That I'm going to make, make everybody buy a whoop with my code. So I just keep getting free months and then we get to see how's their sleep. Are they yeah. Sleeping and enough? then you can, and then you guys can all compare your worthless data. You guys can all get together and be like, Hey, look at all this stupid information that we have. Let's all <laughs> circle jerk each other and give each other fucking high fives to be like, oh, I slept six hours and 42 minutes last night. What does that mean? No one fucking knows. No one look knows. How much, look how much sleep I've lost now that I'm stressed out thinking about how much sleep I'm losing. In the words of Paul's good friend, Dr. Jerry Mangine, when asked about including HRV data, we're not including that shit. We don't want any of that shit in here. And that's a doctor, guys. So if you can't trust him, then you can't trust anyone.
Dude, sleep is like that one thing too, where like you'll you'll tell a client they need to do better with it, and they're just like, I, I fucking can't. I can't, I can't do it. And like for some clients, I'm like, okay, you, you got this job with crazy hours. You got kids. Maybe you got two jobs. You got shit going on. I'm like, uh, I guess I believe you. Maybe. I don't know. But like 80% of the time, it's like a dude with one job. Like just you're like, dude, you can sleep more. Like you can sleep better. Quit being an asshole and just sleep. Yeah. He's up late at night watching like anime. He's like, coach, I just can't go to sleep. Can you imagine if people had like the same attitude about training nutrition that they do about sleep? You're like, hey man, like it would really help if you know, we like improved your training a little bit, you know, brought you into like a more effective RIR range and like do an effective amount of volume. And they're like, no, I just fucking can't dude. I just, I can't do it. Guys, get your sleep on point. Be an adult, go to sleep at a normal time. Quit acting like, you know, four hours of sleep and Ritalin is enough to get you through the day. I mean, it is kind of enough to get you through the day, <laughs> but, it's, but it's, you know, it's not a good way to live. Yeah, it's not oh. the best way to do it for sure. I've got one more that I just thought about that just now. Is this is oh, a slavery joke. No, no, no. I was going to say that for no, the only slave. <laughs> Tom just spit on himself. <laughs> but dude, like, so zero calorie foods, uh, people think that zero, it doesn't actually mean zero. Um, the food administration allows these companies to round down if they'd like. So if something has one calorie or somewhere between zero and one, it's now zero. So I, I remember back in the day, I think it was like a barbecue sauce. I remember there was something that I would just slather on food because it was zero calories. It was like full of, of uh, artificial sweetener. So it would just back me up, but it tasted delicious. And I was always like, oh, it's zero calorie. And somebody was like, no, dummy. That's not was zero it G Hughes? Was it our boy G Hughes? No, no. I fucked with G oh. Hughes heavily, though. It's delicious. Yeah. G Hughes has, it, has, it says five calories on G Hughes. Because yeah. G Hughes wouldn't lie to us. No, he would yeah. never even think of lying to us. I think it's like if it's under five, you can round down, right? I think so. Five? Really? Like five half grams gram? of some things even. Oh, yeah. yeah. I thought it was half a gram. Like you can say it's zero. And they also adjust the serving size. So like Dom said, they'll adjust the serving size down to where it has like mm -hmm. four calories mm -hmm. per five grams of barbecue sauce. And it's like, okay, well, I'm using 100 grams and then it ends up being, you're like, it's 80 calories. So it really can add up quick oh, if you yeah. don't pay attention to those labels. Well, now I want to say two, 2020, oh. the FDA passed something that had to make it made companies have to place more reasonable serving sizes on things. If you pay attention to like like uh, cereal is a big one. Cereal used to be like 25 grams. Like nobody's eating fucking 25 grams of cereal. Like now, now they're all like 40 and some are even upwards of like 50 grams on the serving plus, size yeah. now. Um, or like Did Oreos. It used to be one cookie. Like who's going to sit and eat one Oreo? Yeah. Did Pop-Tarts do that shit? Because I thought it used to say like 170 or 190 calories a serving. Now it's yeah, like there was three. two servings in there. Yep. Yeah. So they, they had to do that because they realized people aren't eating one Oreo. <laughs> or like their stale ass Pop-Tart later in the day. 
<laughs> that was like the and it was and it just got a lot of popularity or it got a lot of like press in the fitness community just because it was like a fitness based product but that was like the outrage around that like complete cookie right like the serving size was half a cookie which was funny it was funny the way they marketed it because they would like flip-flop back and forth it was like it said like 16 grams of protein on the front but that was for the whole cookie and then on the back it said 190 calories but that was for half the cookie so i, I it's like i I love I'd love to be in these meetings where they're like assigning that and they're like, all right, here's what we're gonna do. Full cookie yeah, pop tarts. Pop tarts are two now. Yeah. Like what Paul said. But Lenny and Larry's they got in trouble because they were mislabeling things. So there was yeah. like not as much protein as what they were saying, and it was a ton of sugar. I remember eating those cookies on the regular and just back being in like, the day, the original no formula. Way. Yeah, like what is going on here? Like they're like, like this. Like the softest, most delicious cookie ever. Then they got in trouble, and then they switched the formula, and now it tastes like absolute dog shit. Does it's it? The, Damn, that yeah, snickerdoodle was tight, dude. Oh, it was oh the so good, so uh, good. God, I remember man. I encountered so many Lenny and Larry's doomers when that first formula came out, and I wanted to believe. I was a believer, and they're like, "There's no way that has to be wrong." And I'm like, "You don't say that, all right?" You know, <laughs> I love Lenny and Larry's. But now I like can't eat them. Now they're super chalky and they make my butthole sad. And it's just, you know, it's the way of the world, right? Something makes you happy at first. And then eventually you just end up with a sad butthole. You could apply that to so many things in life. I know Dom can because he just got sad as fuck. <laughs> Dom was just sad. <laughs> Go, take, go have yourself a crisscross applesauce dump and you'll feel a lot better. Dude, I can't even do that with my left leg. My hip is so tight. Tom would be stuck on the toilet if he got in that position. Like, Dana, oh, yeah. my legs are numb. Help. Oh, man. You need someone larger in stature to help you out of that one. So hard. Just help, help, help. All right. Let's move on to the next question. We've done far too much damage on my last one. Patricia, hopefully we helped. I don't think we did, but hopefully we helped a little bit. Next question comes from Elaine Choi at Elaine, two E's on the end of that, 1011. Elaine has a two-part question. They're unrelated. Just the absolute most greedy individual on earth, Jake Um she says, number one, how do pre-workouts without caffeine work? So what are the ingredients in these non-stim pre-workouts that are actually helping out or carrying? Let's 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 not beat around the bush. They don't. They don't, <laughs> they don't do anything. No, I'm kidding. We, we, we can get into it. So Paul's point is kind of salient in that what does the heavy lifting in the majority of these pre-workouts is the stimulants it's the caffeine it's the dmaa it's whatever insane meth cocaine cocktail they've jammed into that specific pre-workout there are some other ingredients in there that are quote unquote helping quote unquote working but what what really grinds my gears is that more times than not non-stim pre-workouts are more expensive than the stim varieties so they've yeah. taken out what works the best and then charged you more for it, which is well played supplement companies. Seriously. I mean, they like, probably have a like, powerful right there. 
I, I would assume, and I could be wrong for assuming this, that like because they take the caffeine out, they're now putting in the clinical doses of those other products, and those things are fairly expensive, like citrulline malate, um, or at least I haven't bought it on its own in a long time. But when I did, it was very expensive, especially at the doses that you needed. I think it was seven to ten grams. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, and I believe that product has been looked at for. Uh, increasing uh, vasodilation right yep yeah I, I think it's even been studied in uh, minor erectile dysfunction even let me write that down <laughs> for a friend what about major erectile dysfunction <laughs> i think you got to take it like like a gram like throughout the day though or something like that like all day long or something for that is that orally ingested you have to inject it in a certain body part for it to work what, uh, <laughs> what's the procedure here yeah. man this one's going off the rails in a hurry. <laughs> like early <laughs> all right so citrulline citrulline malate both of those i think have been researched the citrulline malate you have to take a higher dosage because you have that citrulline and that malate in there some research comparing the two just l-citrulline versus citrulline malate there's there appears to be some synergistic effect of the malate in there um i'm not 100 percent sure uh why that is and last time i checked on exam and there was like limited research there so it might be something that eventually just washes out as more research comes out but yeah citrulline is a really popular one tastes like dick Dog super shit. expensive but works works really well is citrulline malate is that the is that watermelon seed or is that agmatine sulfate which one comes from watermelon like i don't know watermelon citrulline is watermelon are you just speculating that it tastes like dick what just no, direct experience okay. i immediately I'm said about, i'm talking about research with a large pg-13 guys <laughs> <laughs> I, we're dumb. we blasted through pg-13 like 25 minutes ago I immediately got offended when you said that it tastes like dog shit, but it also is derived from watermelon. That's when, what I got. Oh like God. When Dom is going to go full Adam Sandler on us, and he's just like, Dave, my kid cannot see me on the internet like this with the. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. So, what are some of the other ones? Like, you'll hear people talk about beta alanine, uh, betaine, glycerol. Uh, yeah. So what are some of the, Dom, you want to run through those kind of TLDR those and, and kind of what, what benefits they're offering? Uh, they make muscles pump. <laughs> Ooh, they make your muscles pump. I mean, honestly, that's all they do. Like they, draw, they vasodilate, they draw water in and uh, some of them are buffering lactic acid and that's really it. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, those are kind of the big three of why you would. I wouldn't a- even call it a pre-workout. <laughs> like, what would you call it? I, I don't know. Like, workout supplements. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know how you label that a pre-workout. How is that helping you pre-workout? That's helping you in your workout. It's an intro workout. <laughs> I think yeah. it's like when it's supposed to be taken. Dom, really? Are we defining pre-workout for Dom? <laughs> Hub's first day. I don't take my citrulline pre-workout. Why not? I drink that shit when I'm on my way to the gym, and then uh, I'm in the. Well, end technically, the gym. that's pre-workout. That's I don't finish it before. You're, you're, I drink it during. 
So you're like 50, 50, I'm 50, 50 to intro. Okay. okay. I think you, that's you want that shit to, you want that muscle distribution, blood flow shit to go right to that muscle. You're training for oh. scientists. Ladies Preach. and gentlemen, <laughs> I guess that's interesting. Like, it, it probably would be smart if you were using these things to look up like how long they take the peak in the blood and, you know, have their effect like in the muscle or whatever. You don't train with empty blood. Your blood needs to be full. <laughs> oh, wow. Put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> don't train with empty blood. That's hardcore. I'm writing that down. That's Milo Sarshev's uh, slogan. Empty blood? Yeah, his whole thing is don't train with empty blood. Your blood should be nutrient rich when you're training. So all the pre-workout growth hormone, insulin, no ester steroids, just straight to the vein. Isn't he an Eastern Bloc fellow? That sounds about right. No blood. (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) There must be things in your blood. He's Serbian. He is Serbian. Oh, they're real rough down there in Serbia. That's a I think that's some real shit. So it makes sense. So how exactly do these pre-workouts work is they kind of check one of three or all of three boxes. They vasodilate, increase blood flow to working tissue. They force water into the muscle to increase that cell swelling effect, or they kind of buffer out some of the metabolic acidosis that comes with training. Paul's finger is literally going to fall off if I don't call on him soon. He's grabbing me sexually. I like it. Paul, go ahead. Uh, I'd imagine, uh, cause I, I have no use for a pre-workout with no stimulant. I'm, so I've never looked at them even a little bit. Uh, it sounds counterintuitive to me. Absolutely silly, but I, I would imagine some of them probably still, uh, may have like, uh, nootropic focus type drugs like Hooperzine and GPC and shit like that. I don't know. Do you guys yes. Know? No, see, see, I don't think so anymore because now you got, you got your pre-workout. You got your pre-pump workout, and oh, then you got, your, you got your nootropic workout now. Yeah, oh. they're multiple products. They're multiple Very products. Cheap. It's a bundle package for one seventy nine ninety nine. You can use a discount code if you want for ten. Got to get your Gorilla Pump. You got to get your Gorilla Mind. All of that and your Gorilla Focus. I'm gonna. I, think, I mean, uh, I, I use, Derek would come on the podcast. Probably not. <laughs> I'm gonna hit him up. Hey, Derek. <laughs> Dude, I use a non-stem pre-workout, but hear me out here. Here's the reason why. I can't. You lost me on that. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's because I drink too much fucking coffee. So if if I'd either have to stop drinking as much coffee as I drink throughout the day just because I like coffee. It's not negative. And there was was a time where I was like taking, you know, 500 milligrams of caffeine with a pre-workout and then having like six cups of coffee throughout the day. And then at the end of the night, I'm like, man, I don't know why I can't sleep. This is the strangest thing ever. <laughs> and, and, so, and so for me, it's, you know, I think we get into like these behaviors. It almost seems weird to not take something before I train. Like I was kind of like, I did it once or twice and I was like, Oh, I don't, I think I don't it's like this at, all. at any time of day. I feel like it's weird to not take something. Yeah. I feel like some of them are counter, like counterproductive in a way. Cause caffeine is super vasoconstrictive, yep. but well, citrulline most, is super. Most stimulants cool. are. But, uh, there was so something ca- that caffeine like sympathetic drive is is constrictive at 
uh, like organs and, and tissue that, that are not working level. at the time. Oh. So if something is is working, the, your working muscle, that uh, sympathetic drive vasodilates. Oh, see? So you learned something. Yeah. Paul, so good to have you here. Teach even old Dom something. All right, second part of the question is unrelated is collagen a good way to add protein to meals so would adding some sort of collagen protein which is protein be a good way to add protein to your meals what's the i don't even know the content of how much protein is in a serving of collagen also like 20 grams of protein yeah you can get these like collagen protein powders that are pretty concentrated you get a good dose and then you have like the the female like hair skin and nails product that is like a 10 gram scoop like <laughs> so that's yeah. what katie used to take so i just assumed i'm like what protein and collagen i didn't know that well was a, a lot of people who like uh intermittent fast or do carnivore diets they drink beef gelatin broth because of yep. its high collagen amount and that's how they break their fast or that's like something they'll cook food in or eat or drink hot like as a as like a soup um and i assume it's because of like the high glutamine that's in collagen and like the gelatin that's in collagen i would uh it for a client if they told me they were doing this and they were like yeah like you know and we talked about their diet they're getting plenty of high quality protein they they're still eating like their beef and their chicken or maybe some good plant sources of protein and accumulating that throughout the day and they're like yeah i just like to add a little bit of collagen you know like 20 grams a couple times a day like uh, I, i wouldn't really have a problem with that you know is collagen and this might be something that i have to google do you guys know if collagen is a complete protein it i think it's uh i think it may be but it's the the amino acid distribution is different like it's lower in leucine i believe and the bca collagen it's missing college is an ink yeah is moving is missing tryptophan but i I believe like dom said it's one of these proteins that's really high in some amino acids like i know it's super high like you said in glutamine or glutathione one of those um uh, glutamic acid i think maybe I, I don't know which one it is um and then it's also really high in glycine as well and glycine is like a conditionally essential amino acid when like building collagen within the human body for like connective tissue so i think a lot of people supplement with collagen protein thinking that if i drastically increase the amount of amino acids available for building these specific proteins within the body my body will build those proteins more efficiently, more effectively to a higher degree. So I guess it's, they would it's be like, really high. It's really high in glycine. Yeah. So I put I put collagen protein as well as supplemental glycine or just gelatin, like you said, Dom, in a lot of these like injury recovery supplemental protocols that I hand out to people like just as a kind of CYA, kind of like a cover your ass thing to like make sure that there's more than enough of that. But the way that the body kind of like shuffles around amino acids 
kind of makes me think that like maybe it's not really necessary like what paul said if you're getting plenty if not more than enough complete protein throughout the day why would the body be deficient in something like glycine wouldn't you have enough of it within the diet I would think so. And just from textbook biology, it really just doesn't make sense, right? Because like you said, the body is reshuffling, repackaging, breaking things apart, putting it back together in different ways. But I mean, there is like some research where they claim to see like a benefit. So I mean, maybe it's fucking there, you know, I don't know. Well, I'm sure it's there in a way of like, I mean, that's why like, you know, somebody with like leaky gut would take a lot of glutamine. Um, yeah, we eat a lot of food, complete proteins that have a good amount of glutamine. Maybe that extra bolus of glutamine is what's helping, like, repair guess, those issues. I guess Maybe my question helps that. I guess my question would be, like, in these studies where they maybe see a benefit, like, are they taking people, they're probably not taking people like us that are eating 200, 250 plus grams of protein. They're already getting so much protein. And, like, now um, you give them an extra 25, 40 grams of collagen protein a day, and they are eating protein amounts that are more optimal or closer to what we're eating, and that's why they're having a beneficial effect. And it really isn't the collagen. I don't know. I think the the argument behind glutamine is that glutamine is a conditionally essential amino acid, meaning that there are certain conditions where an elevated intake of glutamine may be necessary to deal with, you know, various maladies that occur in the body something like leaky gut that I, I know i read a lot of research on glutamine with like cancer patients burn victims burn, yeah. yeah yeah glycine is too though yeah glycine is also a conditionally essential amino acid so and yeah. then there's different types of collagen too like where it's derived from they Very pull true. It from they pull it from skin of fish usually yeah i think uh bones some of the research, I think, is from, like, shark cartilage or something. Yeah, and then cod skin fit, the skin of cod is one. And then um, bone is another one. Bone collagen is the, is this one paper showed that it was the best, the most like, highest, sure. highest amount of, well, I think that's why a lot of people go with, like, the beef bone broth or the chicken bone broth for that reason because it's coming from bone have you ever looked at that uh like carnivore beef protein could you imagine the bullshit that they probably make that protein from like <laughs> like like leftover like fucking bones and hot dogs and fucking <laughs> snouts and tails and all sorts of weird yeah. shit you guys ever had scrapple yeah no i've had scrapple but i remember uh i think it that? was um Scrapple is like is like ends. It's like hooves and tails and snouts all like cooked together and then like pressed like a patty and it's seasoned like very heavily. That so sounds it has so like a little gross, bit like but I'm spicy thinking I'm like, it's probably Yo, it's stand. good. Yo, it's Stand's good. Delicious. It's good. It's not bad. <laughs> but uh fucking I remember uh what was it? Muscle Farm and then I think uh Muscle Farm came out with like a real food product shake. And yeah, the, the rep came by when I worked in the supplement store. He's like, yeah, they got like yams in this and oh, fucking I, I, real I beef that. protein. And I'm just like, man, it must be made with just the shittiest like leftover scrap. Like can't sell it in the grocery store. 
they got me on that one. I think I've had that one. There's a company now that makes like, what company makes MREs? Is that, does Redcon make that? Redcon. Yeah, Redcon. MRE. Yeah, yeah so I think be careful that is. what you say. Sorry about that. I'm not going to say anything else. <laughs> but I think it is like yams and fruits and shit, like all allegedly in there. <laughs> I will say mm-hmm. their MRE does not make me feel like shit. So Yeah. I, I thought it had like a really good consistency and it didn't like no matter what protein I've ever take, drank in my entire life, it always has like an immediate weird gastrointestinal response where like I'm like, oh boy, you know, and that was one of the ones where I drank it and there was no, there was none of that. It was just expensive. Yeah, yeah, maybe, just maybe it's just one step that. above, like one step above just drinking pure chemicals, you know, right. like that's you a just small feel a little step. better. <laughs> Very small step. All right, Elaine, add some collagen to your meals if you want. Probably not any added benefit there if you are getting enough high-quality protein over the course of the day. And yours truly is the one assigning your macros, so you do get plenty of protein in over the course of the day. I know it. What would you guys say, like, real quick, if a client was like, hey, I just want to drink collagen protein post-workout? Would you be like, nah, fuck that? Like, I would say there are better choices. Okay. That's probably what I would go with. You can do whatever you want in life. Well, uh, 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 yeah, uh. <laughs> <laughs> there's no tryptophan. So like it's, you're missing one, you know, one piece that keeps that thing moving. What if they're like dumb? I'm going to take my collagen protein. I'm going to add supplemental tryptophan to it. And go ahead. You'll fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our next question comes from Cat Baptista. This is kind of a, a longer question, so we'll address it kind of in its totality um, as a whole. So Cat's general question here is, oh, that's at cat.bap. Uh, thoughts on elimination diets. So things like cutting out processed food, does that make the difference that others think? Um, does something like clean eating, quote unquote clean eating, offer a benefit for overall health and longevity? Or do macros do the trick? So let's take a macro approach and a clean eating approach. Let's take them in their most bastardized, polarized opposite form and talk about how those probably aren't the best overall for health. So like a like a really polarized clean eating approach. Here are the foods that you can eat. Here are the foods that you can eat. These foods are clean. The rest of these are not. What are, what are some reasons why maybe that wouldn't be super advantageous for your health? Well, I think from, uh, like if you took your average, like bodybuilding athlete, we were not made to have this much muscle for 30, 40 years. So if we had to do a macro approach, and you set up your macros to maintain muscle, to maintain strength, to maintain all that longevity wise, I think that would probably be a poor, like poor approach, because as we age, we probably should lose some of this muscle we have now. And if we don't want to if we don't want to upkeep it, macros might not be the best way. Um, Like that's why you see a lot of the guys like Dorian who just went to that clean eating, not tracking food, not worried about maintaining. That's why I think that's why he doesn't suffer as many ailments as like 
Ronnie does or some of the other guys do because they kept trying to, you know, kept trying to chase the rabbit, you know, and Dorian kind of was like, I'm done. This is it. I need to lose this muscle because I was we're not made to have this kind of muscle. So I think macro approach is probably is is a decent way now to for your your health but i think longevity wise down the road it might be a poor approach rather because we're not we don't want to keep this kind of muscle tissue ah fuck i said it we don't want to keep like this muscle amount um so you think the word tissue don't let ryan shame no no you cannot say that it is banned it is banned two things that you can't say things about slavery things about tissue i don't even care if you have to blow your fucking nose you go and get a goddamn napkin and you blow your nose or a paper towel no tissues but dom what i wanted to ask you was you think so your conclusion here is kind of that an intuitive clean eating approach will inherently lower your calories and allow you if you are a high-end bodybuilder to kind of slowly lose some of that muscle mass and kind of slip back into a groove of like where you would be naturally i think so okay i, I think it's just you. a lot less stress you know overall because we're, we're not looking at this as an athlete we're looking at this longevity yeah. so like more less muscle less weight less your heart has to work less your kidneys have to work you know um so that's why I think that would be probably a better approach to overall longevity. I dig it. Gents, what is your what was your take on this question? We'll work our way down. Jay, you're next on my screen. Um, whenever I, I think of this conversation, I think of a from a behavioral standpoint, because that is part of overall health. Um, I think that tracking macros is a great way to create behaviors but it may not be the best way and not may not even be the most sustainable way to eat for the rest of your life. Um, but it gives you a really good idea of what, and ultimately at some point in time, once you've, like Dom said, you sort of stepped outside of competitive bodybuilding at some point in time, you just have to realize like, what should a plate of food look like? And I think tracking macros kind of gives you that sort of, uh, inherent information that'll just say okay this is what i need to eat just to survive not even just to survive but to be healthy over over time um but i don't think it should be the thing that people do forever whenever i think about health i don't necessarily just think about you know health like body health i think like behaviors themselves probably need to uh adjust over time um i don't know that's just the way i kind of think about it It's, it's a great way especially if you're trying to uh, make progress as an athlete, uh, as a bodybuilder. That's a great way to do that just because it does have some uh, large amount of accuracy that's involved there, but nobody should be that, not no one, but there's a very good chance that you probably shouldn't be tracking macros when you're like 50, 60 years old. By then, if you've tracked macros long enough, you should have a good idea of just what to eat. So I just want to say the day I quit counting macros, that's the day I've kind of just given up on everything. <laughs> so I'm pro- probably going to be 50 or 60, unless I just really don't give a shit about anything anymore. Probably be counting macros. But I, I, I hear what you guys are saying. You know, there's definitely there's psychological value um, to counting macros. And then, like you said, there are behaviors that it can manifest that are not so healthy, too. I think you got to manage those things, man. Like 
you know, not lose your mind if you can't count your macros or, or live a super restricted lifestyle with, with macro counting and stuff. And I, I just think there, there should be something in the middle, you know, like clean eating, you know, can, can be described. I mean, people can have very different definitions of clean eating. Um, but for the most part, you know, lean meats, things that grow out of the ground, like I think in general, most of your diet should be this. And, you know, counting macros is a, is a really great way to, like you said, be more accurate and know that you're moving in the direction that you want to move. And then when we count our macros, it doesn't have to be um, necessarily to always continually grow and gain muscle or whatever, you know, um, or all your macros don't always have to be geared towards being a, um, an athlete or, or competitive and, and whatever goal or whatever. So, I mean, I, well, yeah, I just feel like there, there's a middle ground, you know, I think a lot of these questions tend to come from people that are maybe a little newer to the lifestyle. And ultimately after you've been doing this for a while and you're exposed to a lot of different ways of doing things, you kind of find out that ultimately most people are doing some bastardized version of both things, you know, like it's all kind of the same thing, you know. Dogs are losing their mind. There's someone peddling their goods at my door. So here's kind of my input on it, right? So this is like a pretty classic question, right? It's like track your macros or eat clean. Like, I mean, how 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 long have we seen this question being proposed on like the social media sphere? It's probably like probably like a 10 year old question, right? If not older than that. And like whenever someone like stakes their claim here, they always take the least favorable interpretation of the other side's point. So like your clean eating advocate will say to the macro tracker, like, oh, so like you just eat whatever you want. It's like protein shakes and like ho-hos and ding-dongs for every <laughs> meal. Like you don't eat any fruits and you don't eat vegetables. Like that's their interpretation. And that's for sure not a good way to promote health in the long term or in the short term. And then those individuals who are advocates of flexible dieting or macro tracking, they'll say back to the clean eaters, oh, so like just chicken, rice and broccoli for every meal, like you're going to, you know, you're, you're going to run into micronutrient deficiencies and like good luck with your eating disorder. Like they say all of these like horrible things to each other and the conversation just becomes so inherently toxic that we don't grow, we don't get any closer to the truth. So what Paul said is, is correct. Like we have to find that middle ground there for a sustainable lifelong approach. And it probably is, you know, macro tracking when you first start and then intuitively clean eating from there because, you know, I don't know who said that tracking macros teaches you how to like build a meal, but it, but it most definitely does. It's like, all right, I need to hit my protein. I have to have some sort of like fiber source in here when I'm choose my fats, like I need to hit my fat number, but I should probably choose like smarter fats or quote unquote, like healthier fats. And then you kind of slowly let that dissolve from there. So I track my macros, I think for like six years straight, didn't miss a single day, didn't miss Christmas, didn't miss Thanksgiving, didn't miss my birthday, I tracked every single day. And then as of late, I just haven't tracked at all for seven months because after all of those years of tracking, I know what a meal looks like. I know what I'm supposed to be eating. I know what times I'm supposed to be eating at. And it, <laughs> I don't know, again, I don't, I don't remember who said it, but like, you don't want to be like the 60 year old that's out at dinner with like your wife and your kids and your kids kids and they're like grandpa like i got this new like 
Fortnite skin. I don't fucking know anymore. I can't keep up with anything at all. It's also scary and confusing. But they like say some like streamer gamer shit, and you're like, hold on, hold on. I'm over here in my fitness pal. I got is this is this wood grilled salmon? Is there oil that you're putting on it? Because I got to track this stuff, and like I can't be getting it wrong. You know, got to go check in with coach. Like you want to learn how to track macros eat in a way that is productive towards your overall health as quick as possible and then you want to slowly let that fade away that that would be that would be my opinion not me man i've been i've been counting macros since 2012 dude and he's never gonna stop fucking i mean i stopped you know i had a day uh fucking uh saturday even i I think we we ordered some uber eats and i was like you know what i'm not gonna try to estimate this i'm not gonna track it i'm just gonna try not to eat like an asshole all day you know like i'll do that stuff sometimes you know even 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 when i find myself doing that i end up under eating because i'm just like what like i'll have one meal in the morning one meal at night and i'll end up just under eating for that day but like i didn't stress about finding the nutrition guide on the restaurant's website and are these the exact portions they gave me yeah i know i know people who weigh their chipotle at home oh god they deconstruct their bowl and they deconstruct it at home and weigh it out and i get it you want to do it to eat it go ahead but i think we're we're going a little, whoop, little, little that's too where, high for me. That's where that psychological piece starts to bleed into someone's life to the point where you need to track every single thing that you eat for the rest of your life. Like that is unhealthy. Like you should be able to just go and just eat and just know something. So even if you're a clean eating person, you should also be able to realize like you can eat a little bit outside of the, the clean foods from time to time. So I think both ends of it, could possibly lend into some like nasty behavioral issues, you know, going forth. I haven't tracked. I usually track when I feel like I'm getting too fat and I'm like, okay, I need to figure out what the fuck is going on here. And then I'll maybe try, I'll track for like, a, you know, maybe a week and I'm like, Oh, so that's the problem. Like you can't eat a whole pizza every Saturday. That's going to be an what? issue. And then, and then I like, I'll basically track my food and put myself back into a deficit or at maintenance. And I'll just make sure that my meals look fairly similarly over time and then paul brought up brought up a good point like most of the time just don't eat like an asshole like you can kind of simplify eating most people know and this is this may be my opinion there's probably some people yelling at the screen right now but at the end of the day i think most people know what a meal's supposed to look like they have like a pretty good idea we're taught like you know the the food pyramid at a fairly young age uh most of our, par- our parents hopefully try to push vegetables on us as we were kids so most of us probably have a pretty good idea how to eat at the end of the day so that's a lot of it and then from like a coaching standpoint i don't know if you guys have met people there's people that they're just not very technologically savvy so getting them to track food or even figure out how to download an app is like it's virtually impossible so if you can give them a meal plan but they're not going to know how to use a food scale so you have to just figure out ways to get them to you know, sort of force them into a deficit by giving them very simple instructions. If you can't use a food scale, we're not working together. <laughs> Paul's like, you're fired. You can have your money back. Use it to go buy a food scale, you inbred moron. <laughs> <laughs> or there's people that are like, they know how to use a food scale, but you just can't get them to do it. So you kind of have to give them very simple instructions. Definitely not working together. <laughs> <laughs> 
Weigh it out. If, no. if you'll notice when you click, when you go on the gifted performance website and you click that you want to work with Paul, the application completely changes. It's like, do you have a food scale? Do you know how to use the food scale? Attach a video of you using your food scale and then logging it on my fitness. Well, it's a hard application process, but if you make it through, just know that you earned the right to work with our very own Paul right here. <laughs> you know, when I know a coach is completely full of shit and has no fucking idea what they're doing is when they talk about how when they bring in brand new clients and they start them on an intuitive eating plan, all my clients come in and they start with intuitive eating. Hey, listen here, you dumb motherfucker. Intuition is based on previous life experiences. Guess who doesn't have any intuition? A fucking baby. Because a baby has it has never experienced shit. Your brand new client is a nutrition baby. They've never experienced anything. So the idea that they're going to come in and intuitively eat, you're so full of shit and I hate you for it. Here's what you do when you you bring in a new client. You teach them how to build a meal. You teach them how to weigh the shit. You teach them how to eyeball the shit. And once they've got experience, then they can intuitively eat. Because nutrition babies, when they intuitively eat, they're sending you their food logs and it's like six Mountain Dews and eight Slim Jims. And they're like, this is what just fell in my mouth for the day intuitively. How did I do, coach? And then your dumbass emails them back like, great job. You're really intuitively eating to the best of your ability. Get the no, fuck the, out of The here. best is, the best is, is I've heard this. A guy talked to a coach and he said, what are your calories? And he said, well, these are my macros. He said, I don't care about macros. What are your calories? <laughs> I don't care about the alphabet. I only care about sentences. <laughs> God, that pisses me off. All right. This last question, I think, is going to run us a little bit long. Do you guys want to nail this one? Do we think we can do we think we can do this one pretty quickly or is this going to be a longer one? Roll it into the next episode. I don't care, man. All right. We can do it. I don't know. It's up to you guys. Here we go. We got to hit this one quick. Ready? The next question is a very, very in-depth one, but we're going to TLDR the best we can. Next one comes from at buff underscore Matt. Good old Matt Eisenman. Uh, Matt says, what's the correlation between strength and size? Before we started recording, Jay had a very good synopsis of this. So, Jay, I'm going to let you hit that synopsis. We're going to let these other two guys comment, and then we'll take it from there. Uh, there was a recent study. Don't ask me who it was by or when it was. Just say published. Schoenfeld. Just say Schoenfeld. So Schoenfeld uh, <laughs> recently published. <laughs> a study. And uh, uh, the TLDR is more or less that uh, if you are, say, training for strength and you've hit a plateau, you could then hypothetically train for hypertrophy to sort of further your progress. So adding more muscle helps from that end. But if you are, say, training for hypertrophy and then you switch modes because you've hit a plateau and now you're training for strength, it doesn't really work that way. So just getting stronger isn't necessarily going to add more uh, contractile, I don't want to say tissue, contractile fibers. Can I say that? Is yes. that legal? That, that, okay. That's acceptable. That's acceptable. Okay. Anything other than the T word. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah you want to expand? You want to expand on that with some of your uh, some of your viewpoints? There is some research. I think Lenicky's out of what Ole Miss now. Uh, that's where he was when, when, when he, he did, did some yeah. of his research. I, I, I'm sure he's still there. He's probably like tenured and shit. Um, probably ahead of the lab and stuff. But yeah, man. So. Lineke did some studies, him and, you know, people in his lab and stuff uh, where I think they were, I don't want to say trying to disprove, but ultimately, basically, they, they didn't feel that there was a strong relationship between muscle hypertrophy and uh, strength. And they tried to show that by doing like studies where one arm would do like a daily one RM and then another arm would do a daily one RM plus hypertrophy training. And then the only the arm uh, that did hypertrophy training would grow, but strength would not be that much greater. But the pretty short term studies. So like one would have to think like, well, maybe the arm just didn't accumulate enough hypertrophy to contribute to strength. You know what I mean? And I just think like intuitively and just observationally, I mean, this is what we see. Like we see it in powerlifters that have had good longevity that that, uh, you know, Ed Cohen is the big um, example. I think he competed like what, at 140 pounds or something tiny when he first started he was climbed all the way up the weight classes, huh? He was a little yeah. guy. Yeah, like I, I think like at what at his peak, maybe like two forty or something like that. Yeah, I think that was and, at his heaviest. Yeah, and just, you know, um people and things get stronger as they get bigger, man. And that's kind of the thing, you know, and uh, a lot of a lot of the uh you know, like me and Tom, when we work with like power lifters and they're like, hey, yeah, I've been competing as a 220 for the last uh, six years. This year, I want to prep again and compete as a 220. And it's like, hey, man, like you're going to get you need to get bigger, man. You know what I mean? Like you're just yeah. not going to get that much better staying at the body weight you're doing or you're just not going to reach like the, the strength development that you could be like, you know, and they're like, no, but I'm really competitive here. And it's like, yeah, but if you allowed yourself to get to 240, eventually you'd be competitive competitive there too because you're fucking strong you know <laughs> so uh, no. dave tilly who was a gymnastics coach that we had on the podcast go back and watch that previous episode he posted something recently on instagram that said um a stronger muscle is not necessarily a bigger muscle but a bigger muscle has the potential to be a stronger muscle and i like that phrasing of it a lot better than just a bigger muscle is a stronger muscle because it's not necessarily true but a bigger muscle because of the increased size and increased amount of those contractile elements has the ability to contract with more force Mm-hmm. just inherently yeah jay do you want to talk shit about power building at all no no i think i pretty much uh beat that dead you do beat a dead horse yeah I've yeah you do whatever yeah. you want yeah basically to horses at least <laughs> <laughs> now we're gonna all get right. Peta after us PETA texts me all the time. I don't know who keeps fucking signing me up for the PETA updates. I'm pretty sure it's Gun Show, but yeah. stop. Please stop. Please. Jay just said, yeah, very confidently, like it was him instead. Like I'm barking no. up the wrong tree, and he's like, yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> Gun Show. <laughs> PETA, I don't care. I love animals. I adopted two dogs. Put me on your do not call list. I've done my duty for society. I'm not like Dom. I didn't go out and buy some like purebred dog as like other dogs were put out back and shot in the head and stuff. I did my civic duty. My dog, I didn't stuff. buy my dog. I, did you make it in your lab? 
<laughs> what did he say? <laughs> he, he said he made it in the lab. Let's not give him a chance to correct that. <laughs> Here comes Charlie. He it's was not a, a podcast episode unless Charlie makes it. Hey, bud. We didn't mean those mean things we said about you. All right, Matt. Hopefully we answered your question there. That is going to conclude us for it. That might be the fastest that we've ever answered a question. So, guys, go ahead. You retire. Give yourself, give yourself a little pat on the back and maybe maybe retire from I can't uh, reach. answering questions. Can't. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do the big guy thing where you like Too grab much. the back of your elbow to pat yourself on the back. I'm just so ashamed of myself. I'm like, fuck, my back itches. I have to like lean against a piece of equipment. You and find like, the nearest scratching post. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That concludes us for the day. Keep the questions rolling. You love asking them. We love answering them. We will see you on the next one. Until then, Charlie, what should they do? Stay gifted. That's Charlie's voice, by the way. See ya. Peace.